0: You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Continue um, along the lines of humility, but before we do, uh, we're gonna read. I'm gonna read out of First Corinthians chapter 13, um, four through eight, out of the Hayford version. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get that version on the on the screen, but. It's out of Pastor Mark's book, uh, page 16, if you, don't, uh, if you have the book. If you don't have the book, highly recommend you get this book. It's Pastor Mark, uh, Pastor Mark wrote it, but really it's just 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 in different versions of the Bible. So you can go through and, and read it and strengthen yourself in this area. Because it does not really matter uh, how, how much faith you have, how much money you give, how much uh, f- whatever, you know, you could, you could give your, your life to be burnt at the stake. We know as a martyr for your faith, that really doesn't matter if you're not strong in love. That's right. And so, you know, we emphasize that here a lot because all the other stuff is uh, if we're not strong here. And so we must, must develop in this. And so I'm, I'm trying to set the example for you, but really you need to be doing it every day. You need to be filling your love tank every single day, reading this. I don't know about you, but I need this. <laughs> right. I, I need this. The, the, you know, I deal with people, imperfect people and attitudes and, and this and that. And I, I, I need to be pulling from my love tank, not my flesh right my flesh hoof um, anytime i go that way it blows up and and i don't want to live that way you know uh, do you want to live that way i i don't uh, and and the wonderful thing is if you follow this you it'll lead to a life of peace come on of peace and 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 really man that's that's where the money is peace that that man i value peace almost above anything else on this earth uh, you know, your long life with peace, man. I, the people that live long are the people that know how to have peace. <laughs> that don't get all worked up and get they, they get all bent out of shape for every little thing. That they get into quarrel after quarrel, problem after problem. I know people that it's one thing after another. If they're not fighting with this one, they're fighting with the other one. Once they're done fighting there, they got a problem with here. Th- there's something wrong if you're in a problem all the time. Come on, if you're battling with somebody all the time, right? And so... We can help you here, and we're, we're working on it. I'm helping. I'm growing. We're all growing. We're all learning together. Uh, but this is a vital piece. Don't check out on me, all love. Uh, wait to get to the message. This is the message. Come on, this is more important than anything else we're ever going to do around here. Amen. And and so we emphasize it, and we're going to continue to hit it hard. Like Pastor Sarah said, and the Word says, the the Word is like a hammer. It it breaks. It breaks. It breaks things. It it, it chips things. It it molds, right? It's alive. This this, this is active, alive. Sharpen any two-edged sword, the Word of God. It's designed to transform you. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And so right now you're renewing your mind in this area, changing the way you think in this area. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 out of the Hayford version. Love suffers long. (laughs) Somebody say suffers long. (laughs) Having patience with imperfect people. Love is kind and active in doing good. Love does not envy since it's non-possessive, non-competitive. It actually wants others to get ahead. I start preferring other people, wanting other people to get ahead. Hence, it does not parade itself. Love has a self-effacing quality. It's not ostentatious. Love is not puffed up, treating others arrogantly. It does not behave rudely, but, be, but displays good manners and is courteous. Love does not seek its own, insisting on its own rights and demanding precedence. Rather, it's unselfish. Love is not provoked. Say, I'm not provoked. provoked. Love is not easily irritable or touchy. Say, I'm not easily irritable or touchy. Man, that's a word for somebody. (laughs) Not easily irritable or touchy, rough or hostile, but is graceful under pressure. Graceful under pressure. Man, when the when the when, when it gets hot in the kitchen, what happens? Do you fall apart? Do you do you fly off the handle? You know, I, this is an area I have to work in. When things start to, I'm like, oh, my my first instinct is I throw and stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like that's what I saw growing up. Like you just like yeah, this is crazy. You start kicking the you're kicking the dog, kicking this, kicking that. I mean, that. That ain't that ain't the way to do it. That's not gonna bring peace and joy and love. Thinks no evil. Say I think no evil. Does not keep an account of wrong. Listen to this. It does not, love does not keep an account of wrongs done to it. You did this. You did that. You did this. You did that. Keep harboring those things. Love forgives. Love releases. You know, and it's more for you than it is for the other person. Right? Because what happens is, uh, somebody said it this way. Somebody said, uh, unforgiveness and bitterness is like drinking poison, you yourself, and hoping the other person dies. Imagine I'm sitting here, man, I really hope they die. You're you're drinking the poison. It's not going to affect me. So unforgiveness affects me, not them. Me sitting there with no peace, no sleep, mind racing, doesn't bother them. It bothers you and me if we're in that position. And so, you know, for yourself, for your own sanity, release. Love thinks no evil. It does not keep an account of the wrongs done to it. Instead, it erases resentment. Say, "I I erase every resentment says, love does not rejoice in iniquity, finding satisfaction in the shortcomings of others, and spreading an evil report. Rather, it rejoices in the truth, aggressively advertising the good. You should be ad- advertising the good of people. Man, brother so-and-so, he's so smart. Man, this guy, he does such a good job. Always talking good about people, not negative I could find negative things about everybody in this room. You could find negative things about me. But let's focus on the positive things. Let, let's, let's emphasize those things. Oh, you know, brother so-and-so, you should just make it a habit anytime somebody brings up somebody you know to say something good about them. That's what I've, I've been working on that. When, you know, pastor so-and-so, yeah, that dude is so smart. I really like him. I, very anointed. And that shuts down anything they were about to get ready to say about that person. Right? I just made up my mind. I don't want to hear garbage. I don't want to be a dumping ground for your crap about somebody else. Right? I'm not going to allow it. And, man, that will keep you fresh. That will keep that stuff out of your heart. Because if somebody dumps it on you, then you're going to see that person. And then you're going to start to see that person that way. And then it just, it just spreads. Right? But start speaking good things about people. Aggressive, this says love aggressively advertises the good. That means aggressively. That means intentionally. Like you, this is like overboard. You are overboard with this. People are like, damn, you you must really like that person. Like that's what they should think when you walk away. Right? Love bears all things, defending and holding other people up. Love believes the best about others, credits them with good intentions, (laughs) and is not suspicious. Okay. That's a good word. (laughs) Credits them with good intentions and is not suspicious. Like, I'm from New York. I'm always looking out the window. What's that door doing? What, what, what are you doing over there? <laughs> what, what are you doing behind the counter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, like, I'm always looking out the window. You guys know what I mean, right? It's Just how it is, right? And, and so, you know, and that's a good thing. That could be a good thing in certain ways, you know, but, but really when, when, when it's around every corner, somebody's doing something and so you're, you're always, you know, th- going in that direction, that, that could be a problem. That could be a very big problem. Right. And so uh, it's important that we work on these things. Important that I work on these things. (laughs) Love hopes all things, never giving up on people, but affirming their future. Love endures all things, persevering and remaining loyal to the end. Somebody say loyal. Man, that's a word that we don't talk about. That's, a, that's a, something we don't really talk about anymore. I just handed the book uh, Loyalty and Disloyalty to everybody in leadership at this church. Uh, there's still some people that need to get it, but Loyalty and Disloyalty. I've been reading it. It's by Dag Hayward Mills, and man, a lot of people don't even know they're being disloyal. But I want to be loyal. I want, I want when I die, I want my, my tombstone to say generous, loyal, man of, like that, those are the things, like, when people talk about me, that's what I want them to say, because that's who I want to be, right? Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't want to be, here lies stingy, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I, I, that's not what I want, you know, here lies whatever, I, you know, I, that's not who I want to be, I, or disloyal, I want to be loyal. To to the people God has put in my life, fighting for the people that God has put in my life, uh, lifting him up. People make mistakes and, you you know, just throw them to the curb, right? Uh, You you give them them opportunities, you give them chances. You know, there's a a time for for certain things, but, but God is merciful. God is rich in mercy. If he's rich in mercy, we should be rich in mercy, right? We should be lavishing on mercy. You know there are some people that don't, that won't get it. Jesus could not take Judas. Jesus couldn't take care of Judas. Judas went his way. There are some people that just it is what it is. But we give them an opportunity. Come on, we give them an opportunity. It can never be said that an opportunity was never given. Amen. And so love, I would highly recommend you pick up this book. And, and love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. I keep, I keep emphasizing that because people think they have to get this feeling. Otherwise, they're not doing this correctly. You can decide to walk in love and your feelings will line up later. So when the feelings come out of your mouth, nope, I've already forgiven that person. Nope, devil, I ain't buying that. I'm not latching back onto that. You know, uh, uh, feelings are a lot like temptation. Temptation is not a sin temptation came to Jesus came came to you know, but yet he did not sin So when you get a feeling you just say no, no, I'm not go- I'm not allowing that to alter my my mind or alter my behavior. I'm gonna decide to walk in love Pastor I just every time I see him. I still well, you just keep saying I, I forgave him I'm walking in love now never you get your hands off of my family. You can't you have no access I've already forgiven them and your feelings will start to line up with what you say Come on, what you say is very important. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Come on, your destiny is determined by the words that come out of your mouth. I thought they were determined by God. Well, God has already predestined uh, an incredible plan for you, but you have to align with that plan. Or you have to do your part to come into agreement with his plan. That means come into agreement with what he says about you, right? Uh, it, th- these, these things are, are vital. And we're going we're gonna to do a series again on your words and the power of your words, uh, man, because there are certain words that I treat like cuss words in my house. And one of them, like Pastor said, is we can't afford it. I will, nope. And what if you really can't afford it? Well, we'll believe God, right? Amen. The money will come. And I always speak what I want to see, not, not, not what I see. Come on, amen. I speak what I want to see. Call those things that be not, the Bible says, as though they were. I'm not in some goofy thing, uh, but I, I'm, I'm activating the word. I'm, I'm, I'm doing things the way the Bible talks, uh, to, the Bible teaches to do them. And some people may think that's crazy. Well, then call me crazy, but I'm getting results. Amen. You can call me crazy all you want, and you, you're going to sit there and get no results. But we're full of a, we have a church full of people that desire to get results, that want to see fruit in their lives. Not remain stuck year after year. So I highly recommend you get this book. We've been talking about humility. Um, Humility is a sign of maturity. Right? Humility, write that down, is a sign of maturity. The opposite of humility is pride. And really, you should treat pride as a killer disease because that's really what it is. Pride will take you out quick. And it's destroyed many great destinies many people who God has created to do incredible things, they've been cut short. Their lives have been cut short. They've, their ministries have been cut short. Their, their calling has been cut short because of pride. And so we're, we're not going to allow that to happen here. We're going we're to work on this. We're going to grow in this. We're going to strengthen ourselves in this area. Uh, we're going we're gonna to live in humility. You know, Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. I like how it says it here in the New Living Translation. Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That, that, that should be your life verse right there, your life verse. Uh, to do what's right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Man, I'm going to make that my life verse right there. I like that. To walk humbly with my God. And, and just a little recap from last week, we talked about how, how the way up is down, right? We saw in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, I'm going to read that, it's a little recap. Let this mind be in you. This is what the Bible says, let this mind be in you. In other words, think like this, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. So, you see the first line it says let this mind be in you in other words think like this number one make yourself of no reputation number two take in the form of a bond servant so no reputation become a servant number three and coming into the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. So let this mind be in you. Three things. Be of no reputation, meaning you're not striving to advance your name. I'm not striving to get my name out in front. Right? Uh, I'm going to do good things so this way, uh, you know, my name will be because the Bible says a good name is to be had. You want to have a good name, but I'm not out there striving to get my name out in front of yours, striving to push me, push my agenda, push what, what, what I want. I, I, I'm, I'm making myself of no reputation. Number two, becoming a servant, right? The way to greatness in the kingdom is to become a servant. When the disciples said, how do we become great? Jesus did not rebuke them and said, how dare you want to become great? No, you're designed to do great things. But the way to, to greatness is through, come on, being a servant. Amen? A servant. Somebody say Servant. And then number three said, he humbled himself. You see, he humbled himself, meaning he had to do it. God, humble, humble me, help me. No, you have to make a decision, come on, to humble yourself. Come on, amen. This is you. Your will is involved here. You have to make a decision, right? God has given us a part to play in all of this. He's given each and every one of us a free will if he was gonna make anyone do anything He would he would make sure everybody was saved But we all know that not everybody not everybody is saved and it's the will of God that no man should perish So we know it's God's will that no one go to hell But yet there are people going to hell Why because they made a decision not to not to pray the sinner's prayer not to make Jesus Lord And so you have to decide right here to humble yourself. It's a decision that you have to make and in 1 Peter 5, 6, the Bible says, humble yourself, right, again, you have a part to play, under the hand of God, and he will lift you up. So God doesn't have a problem with you being lifted up. He's got a problem with you doing it. Come on. He's got a problem with you doing it. And uh, the problem with that is, is, uh, is you know, uh, he, he wants to do it his way and his timing, which is almost always later than your flesh wants it to be. Come on, why? Because we have growing to do, developing to do, uh, and a prideful flesh to crucify. You want to be exalted, but God say, hold on, you just keep humbling yourself, you just keep serving, and when the time is right, God will put his hand on you and you'll go flying. Come on, I I got friends of mine in the ministry, man. I've watched them faithful, doing their thing, faithfully doing their thing. And next thing you know, they blow up. Overnight success. Baloney ain't no overnight success. They've been faithful. They've been serving. They've been doing what the Lord has told them to do. They haven't strived to do it. God's hand just, you know, uh, reached them, and boom, they took off like like a bat out of hell, they say, right? God will do that for you, and God wants to do that for you. Why? The higher you go, the more people you can bring up with you. Man, look at Joyce Meyer, man, on every channel, everything, and she's reaching all over the place. God's hand is on her ministry, and she, He has taken that ministry high so that she can reach in and now help pull people up. The bigger the platform, come on, the, the greater the reach, the greater the reach. Brother Copeland, man, that, now he's got the Victory Channel, his own television network decides who he wants to put on there can, and can reach into nations. Uh, you know, Pastor Mark writing books. Those books are going into nations that n- most people can't ever go into as a Christian, changing lives, doing incredible things because God's hand is on him. Amen. Because he's humbled himself. He's done these three things, made himself of no reputation. Come on, has became, become a servant and has walked in humility. Amen. The Lord is limited by what he can add to you by your humility. Write that down. The Lord is limited by what he can add to you by your humility. Your humility will decide how, what, and how much and, and how far God can take you. My, he's not going to lift somebody who's full of pride so that they can then come tumbling down and take so many people with them. Right? Right? Now, there are people that God has lifted because they've been servants and they've done incredible things, but have allowed pride to enter in and have gone tumbling down. That, that's happened, too. That's why we always have to be on guard in this area, never to think more of ourselves than what we really are. Brother Hagan used to say, man, the more I know, the more I realize what I don't know. I mean, the further I get along in this, the more I realize I don't know very much. You would think, man, that man, you know, those books, those books went around the world, changed the world with those books. I've been to Africa, India, and everywhere I've gone, I've been to 18 nations. Everywhere I've gone, pretty much there's been an impact made by the doctrine that he preached through what Jesus told him to do. Those books around the world, faithful, humble, and he would say, well, I don't know much. <laughs> I'm realizing I don't know much. could quote verbatim a lot of the New Testament, incredible visitations from the Lord Jesus himself. But never exalted himself, never, oh, I'm so, no, came low, stayed low. Come on, stay low. You, when you stay low, come on, those shots don't hit you. Amen. You standing up, those shots going to hit you. That's how I realized it, man. I was in the military, stay low. The, the, the shots will stay, stay flying over your head. But as soon as you stand up like you, you're Rambo, man, that's only in the movies, okay? <laughs> you're going to get hit. You stay low. And you keep firing. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> and it's like this, not like this, all right? <laughs> you keep firing God will help you <laughs> here's a couple of scriptures Matthew 23 12 and whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted Job five, eleven, he sets on high those who are lowly Luke 152 he has put down the mighty from their thrones but has exalted the lowly well, the powerful scriptures, it's, and it's threaded throughout the Bible. He exalts the lowly. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for I am lowly and meek. When you get to know Jesus and you take his characteristics on, uh, upon yourself, that's what happens. You, you, you become low and meek, and meek is not weak. Meek is not weak. People confuse those two things, meekness and weakness. Meek is, man, you got power, but you, you, you know how to control yourself. Jesus was doing the will of God. He said, I could call down legions of angels. He can call down heaven's armies because he was the commander of heaven's armies. He could call down legions, wipe one one angel, wipe them all out, all out. But he restrained himself because that was not part of the will of God. When you're doing the will of God, you may have the ability to do some things and say some things and, and move your weight around. But you have to restrain yourself. You can only go as high as your love walk and your humility. It is vital. This is one of some of the most important things we'll ever talk about in this church. Come on, we, we love mountain-moving faith. Come on, we love praying in tongues. We love the, the sick healed and the dead raised, and we love all of those things. But right here, this is the foundation, humility, love. Come on, and we're going to talk about submission today and correction today. That's all part of humility. I know, I know. Submission is like a dirty word. I ain't submitting to nobody. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's an attitude, right? How many enjoyed the marriage conference on, on, uh, on, uh, on, on Friday? That was so good, the marriage conference. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and man, we talked about a lot of really good things. We got home and my wife wanted to argue with me. I said, You learn nothing. But anyway, <laughs> I said, we just went to a marriage conference. You learn nothing. No, I'm just kidding. that's was a joke. I learned. I learned some things. She learned some things. It was really good. It was so good. I, we're gonna do. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do four a year. That's what we're gonna do. One a quarter. We're also gonna do uh, a singles meeting as well. I know there's a lot of single, ready to mingle folks in here. You know, but the only thing worse than being single is being married. Come on, if you're married to the wrong person, the only thing worse than being single is being married to the wrong person. Come on, amen. You think being single is rough and tough? You try marrying the wrong person. Well, you're in for hell. And so you, you need to be careful, you need to learn some things, and you need to grow in some areas, and, and let God help you, and let God show you how to do it properly, and, and, and it'll be a, the, the biggest blessing you ever have in your life, marrying the right person. Amen. He who finds a, a, a wife finds a good thing, the proper wife, not a wife, the proper wife, the one God has. Same thing, you know, and so for, for the wife finding a husband, all that, it's so important. So we're going to do a, uh, uh, a singles meeting to talk about those things. Uh, the marriage meeting, let me just say this, is open to any couple, any couple, whether you're, whether you're engaged or dating or you're married, it's open for you. That, that, that was part of uh, my mistake. I think I, some places said no, some places said yes, and it wasn't very clear. The graphic said married couples only. I meant couples not single people. So from now on, you know, you know that that's how we're rolling. Um, and, and the singles is open to singles. So we're going to have a good time. That was just phenomenal. You guys did a great job setting that up. I forgot to mention that during announcements, uh, but great job. Go to, um, go to Luke chapter 14, a little part of the review here, Luke chapter 14, 10 through 11. This is, this is something that I endeavored to do. Often uh, it's and it's paid off for me exactly what this what the scripture says is exactly what I've experienced But when you're invited go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes He may say to you, friend, go up higher, then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. Verse 11, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, a lot of times people try to strive to get the best spot, try to get the best place at the table with people. I made up my mind, I'm going to go sit down, sit my butt down in the back. I'm not trying to make anything happen. But I always tell my wife, somehow... We know why the, the words, we always end up in the room. I always end up at the table, and I always end up where I'm supposed to be. If I just keep myself at a low place and, and, and humble myself, not come in here. Oh, Pastor Rodney came to my church. I, I'm going to sit in the front. Or he did that. Nah, I ain't nobody. I need to sit my butt in the back, and I'm just going to enjoy the word, enjoy the anointing, and get what I need to go. But somehow, hey, oh, oh, there he is. Come on. That's how it happens. And if that never happens, that's fine. But you need to get that into your spirit. That will work across the board. If you're at a job and you're, you have seniority, and and you try to you know you're trying to jockey for position with other people. Just go low. People notice those things. People are looking for people who will go low in these areas. And when the timer is right, they say, "Oh man, you, oh, come here." And man, that, that, that's so much better than like, "What are you doing here, back there?" <laughs> And, you know, it, this is so, so much in my heart that when I do get moved up half the time, I'm thinking any minute now they're going to come up and say, "Well, oh, I'm so sorry. We had the We, 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 we meant to say uh, you sit over there or, you know, you we got you got the wrong seat or any minute now they're going to ask me to leave because I feel in my heart like this is not like this is not where I'm I, I, I need to be in my heart. I need to keep that out of my heart, like not not entitled. I'm not entitled to anything. Come on. Nobody owes me nothing. I'm not entitled to nothing. Come on, from God, God is, but man don't have to do nothing for me. God is my source. I'm not striving. Well, you have not because you ask not. Well, that's from the Lord, not from people. Come on, stop using that for people. Up asking for, de- now, that was so good with deals. You know, always striving for, can I get a discount? Can I get a discount? And, and listen with the, with the air conditioner guy, right, I told him, hey, man, we're not, you know, that's a little high, but I don't want a dollar to come off your labor. I just need a, a different unit because that unit's a little expensive. I don't want to take money away from your pocket, from, you know, your labor. Don't discount that. We, we want people, when they do business with us, not to think we're the cheap Christian always trying to, you know, so you, you, we, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? We're not trying to always haggle people. You know, I go to India and I pay. I remember I went to India. I bought my daughter one of these Indiana Jones whips. You know what I'm talking about? It was really cool. And so I come out and, and I don't know, they wanted $3 for it. I would have paid $20 for it. It was cool. And I buy it $3 and the guy goes, oh, that's only worth a dollar. Oh, what? I'm not haggling with this guy. You know, he got me for $2. It's worth a dollar and I paid $3. Like I ain't doing that, man. I'm not doing that. That's not who I am. I don't want to be known for that, right? And so, you know, that, that's a good way to live. That's a good thing to have in your heart, to not go down that route, to always, always trying to, you know, bring people, uh, you know, uh, they, they, people work hard. People work hard, right? People are feeding their families. People strive to, 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 to do a good job, and you want to you know, devalue their worth. I, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Being humble, listen to this, being humble is not refusing the credit you think you deserve. Being humble is realizing you don't deserve the credit. Come on. I said last week, you couldn't have got out of the bed this morning if it were not for God. He's the one keeping your heart beating. Come on, he's the one putting air in your lungs. You can do nothing apart from him. That is humility, knowing that without God, you can't do a thing. You can't do a thing. I don't care how many degrees you have, how, the color of your skin, where you grew up, does not matter. Come on, God is the one sustaining you and keeping you. Come on, that's him. And, and the good way to cultivate that is to always just be throughout the day. Thank you, God. Thank you for running water. Thank you for my house. I'm so grateful I got a, a meal. I'm so grateful I have clothes on my back. Thank you, God. Wow, God, you've been so good to me. That keeps you in reality. Come on, keeps you in check. So cultivate a thankful heart. Throughout the day. I mean, I'll do that multiple times. Wow, God. I tell time, I can't believe we, we, we get to do this. I, I, wow, I, wow, God. And I just, man, it, it keeps my heart in check. These little things will, 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 will cultivate. You know, when you have a, a garden, you have to go in there and you have to tend to it. You're tending to your heart when you do these things. Come on, you're not allowing weeds and things to choke out the thankfulness and gratitude. These are important things in the kingdom of God. God wants you to be thankful. He wants, you to be, uh, you know, know, he wants you to know that it's Him that has kept you all these years and preserved you. You're only here by the grace of God. By the grace of God, you're not in jail. By the grace of God, you're not dead in Somali. By the grace of God, you're not out there doing crazy things. You're in church this morning. Amen. And it's by the grace of God, nothing else, that you're here this morning. Hallelujah. All right, let's go into a little new territory. We're going to talk about the humility and submission. Go to Matthew chapter 4. And submission or submit means to accept or yield to the authority or will of another person. To submit means to accept or yield to the authority of another person. Humility and submission, they go hand in hand. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I want you to focus your attention on verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. In order for you to follow anybody, you're going to have to submit. You're going to have to... Uh, stop doing what you're doing. They were fishermen. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So humility to follow and submission in order for you to be transformed into what God has for you. Come on, you're going to need to learn to submit and you're going to need to learn humility. These two brothers, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They were transformed into what God had called them to do because they were submissive. Come on, and humbled themselves and followed God. And a lot of people have no problem with the following God part, but it's the following man part that they have an issue with. So people say, well, I'll follow God, but I ain't follow a man. But you cannot follow God and his authority without without honoring the authority that God has placed in your life. Come on, spiritual authority, civil authority, right? God has placed authority uh, in this world. The Bible says that all authority is of God. And so we, you can't say, oh, I'm going to submit to God, but not submit to your physical authority. In order for you to be transformed like they were, how many of you want to be transformed into everything God has for you? So God is saying, follow me, submit to me, submit to who I've put into your life, and I will make you into what I've called you to be. Just like he he made them into fishers of men, but they had to follow. Man, I love what, you know, I I, I talked to you last week about the centurion. Jesus, the centurion came to Jesus and said, hey, my servant needs healing. I will do whatever you want me to do. That centurion was a ruler in that land. Uh, Jesus was was part of the occupied people. The centurion could have said, get over here. You're coming with me. No, he humbled himself. He humbled himself to a Jew and said, and he's the ruler. He's a centurion, a commander in the Roman army. The Romans are occupying that land. But he humbled himself. Jesus, I, I, you're a man under the third. I need you. You just say the word. I'll do whatever. you. Man, humble, humility. That's what unlocked the blessing for that man. That's huge. Man, he submitted to the, to the you know, in the natural, the, the lower force, the lower on the totem pole. But he knew in his spirit, he knew in his spirit. So submission, humility go hand in hand. And it's a must if you're to be transformed into what God has for you. Humility requires you to submit. Hebrews 13, 17. Go there. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Hebrews chapter 13. I'm not teaching this from a um, standpoint of, you know, a self-serving standpoint You know, this is something that was taught to me, and and if you'll learn this, it'll go well for you. Uh, This is not me trying to get you to do anything. The worst thing a leader can do is tell you, you must submit. You don't don't have to do a thing. But if you want to get the results that the Bible talks about, you need to know what the Bible says, right? And so that's where this is coming from. Um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Out of the Amplified. Obey your spiritual leaders. And submit to them just one time wait no and submit to them continually recognizing their authority over you for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust do your part let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning for that would not be profitable to you either So obey your spiritual leaders, submit to them. You know, I've realized that, man, submitting to Pastor Mark is one of the best things I have ever done. Submitting to spiritual leadership is is one of the best things I've ever done. Uh, You know, even when I was at the Dream Center, coming under my spiritual leadership, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Rick, Pastor Tony there and and allowing them access because submitting is allowing them access. It's allowing them to speak in to what you're going through. It's allowing them to, to hold your hand and to walk you through some things because they're, they're the shepherds. They, they have the, 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 the equipment to fight off things and lead me. Come on, as a sheep, right? I was under their command and I needed to follow them. And they're the ones protecting me. They're the ones saying, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a problem over here. Come this way. Don't go there. There's a trap there. There's a wolf there. Don't go over here. There's a cliff that's going to you're going to go flying if you go that way. And, and I had to submit myself and a lot of times it was against what my flesh wanted to do. And that's why a true uh, sign of maturity is, is, a, is humility. Come on, and submission. I can tell how, how, how mature someone is by, by how well they can submit. Come on, and pe- people, people, I was talking to a friend of mine, and people grow up never having any authority in their lives. Never, never having anyone telling them right from wrong. And so there's grace there, there's mercy there. God will help you, but but your heart needs to be, uh, uh, your heart needs to be in a posture of, you know what? I, I'm I'm I, when I make a mistake, I repent. Repentance is the way back. Come on, you make a mistake in this area. Your heart is what's gonna keep you. People people can see a good heart. God looks at your heart. And so if your heart is right, man, mistakes get overlooked. Not that you don't need to correct them, but when your heart is right, people can work with you. Spiritual leaders can work with you. Come on, God, oh man, David was a man after God's own heart. David's heart was right, made major mistakes, but God worked with him. God worked with him, exalted him, and helped him. Your heart, is, is it, it'll, it'll make you or break you. Your heart, the, the condition of your heart. And that's why it's important to tend to that. So submitting to spiritual authority. Proverbs 15, 32 in the, in the Passion Translation. Proverbs fifteen thirty two Passion Translation, the initials is TPT. The Passion Translation, in case you didn't know. Says it this way. Refusing constructive criticism shows you have no interest in improving your life. For revelation, insight only comes as you accept correction and the wisdom that it brings man when i worked for joyce meyer ministries one of my first jobs was answering the calls answering the phone calls that would come in i would pray for people i would take orders it, it was incredible because that's where my mom called in to pray for me so my first job was now praying for them it went full circle incredible it, it, it was it was a miracle and i'm answering calls and there was just one lady she was like the the mean greater. Like she'd pull you into office and you need to say that right. You're saying that wrong. And this is your, the tone here. And and, and I, I couldn't wait to go in there because my attitude was like, yo, I want to be the best phone person this place has ever seen. I want to improve. If I got mud on my face, I want to know about it. I'm not trying to walk around uh, with stuff all over me. If you see something, say something. You know, <laughs> New York City subway. See something, say something. right? Uh, and so, you know, when I, went into, when I went into her office, I went in with a notebook and a pen. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Okay. Say it. Th- yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much thank you all right and she looked at me you're like the only one that comes in here like that that doesn't have an attitude i'm thinking doesn't everybody want to improve doesn't everybody and she's like no i'm like my god I thought it was a revelation to me i thought man that's just what people do but people have a hard time with this but if you want to develop if you want to go far you'll accept correction come on you'll accept constructive criticism <laughs> i have a friend uh, a loose friend he's an acquaintance he's a pastor um And he passes a large church. He says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. Feedback, being able to handle feedback. What am I doing? What have you noticed? You need to have people in your life that you trust to give you feedback. Well, you can't see everything. Well, you have blinders in some areas, right? You need to allow people access to speak to things and say, "Wait a minute, yeah, this, this, this here. Check that. Double check there." They may not be always right, but at least you have somebody watching those blinders. Very important. Very, very important. And 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 this man, this right here, this is one quality that if you want to develop in God, man, if you'll get a hold of this. You'll go flying. Come on, God can work with someone who can handle feedback, who can handle correction. But if you bug out anytime somebody says something to you, or, he, or you allow it to be personal, man, you'll be stuck for the rest of your life. You'll be stuck. They don't like me. They're this. They're that. No, not that I don't like you. Just, hey, just, just this is going on. Change that. You know, people fall apart. Don't allow your feelings to get involved in this because the enemy, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get your feelings involved. If your feelings get involved, the wall goes up and nothing can happen then, right? Amen. And if you desire to have your spiritual leadership involved in your life, uh, one of the things that I learned is if I heard from God concerning something, but I feel like, hey, I want to double check this, I never come to the, my spiritual authority and said, hey, the Lord told me to do this. The Lord told me to do that. What do you think? Well, I look at him. If the Lord told you, what are you asking me for? I always go in and, and I've learned this. I didn't know this. I learned this. You always come in and say, I perceive the Lord is saying this. I want to just talk to you about this. When you say, I perceive, that allows someone to speak into it. And they can either confirm it or they can say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you can figure it out from there. You can bring somebody else. You can pray some more. Do what you got to do. But it's, I perceive. Because I mean, you know, we can miss it. We know in part. We prophesy in part. We see in part. Like, we're not always right. Right. And for big matters, big, big things, it's worth it. It's worth it for a lot of things, but especially big things, marriage. Come on, uh, moving, you know, those kind of things, big life decisions. It's worth submitting it to spiritual authority. It's worth coming in and saying, I perceive this, but I want to I want to humble myself. I want to submit and I want to hear from you. And before I got married, I did that with my spiritual leadership. I got the green light from my spiritual leadership. I was not getting married until our spiritual leadership gave us the okay. He said, this is what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. But we did some courses. We did what we, you know, submitted that to our spiritual authority. Now, they're, they're, you know, when you have parents involved, they can sometimes see things a little different for whatever reason. But when you get your spiritual uh, covering involved, they, they don't have that, that feeling attachment to it. They can see it from a step back and see it for what it is for the most part. If you have good spiritual covering and they can guide the whole situation, right? They can help and speak into the situation. And so it's important, it is vital. Single people, I'm telling you, this will protect you before you get married. Submit it to your spiritual authority. Submit it and, and, and allow people to speak into, it. people you trust. You don't need everybody speaking into your thing. You don't even need me telling people everybody your stuff, right? Because people have big mouths, is what I realized. People like to talk, especially Puerto Ricans. And I'm Hispanic, I can say that, right? Always on the phone. Did you hear about so-and-so? <laughs> I love Puerto Ricans. Colombians are even worse, I'm telling you. Even worse. <clears throat> Lord, help them, Lord. Help them. But this will help you. I mean, you know, this will help you. This will guard you. I told you, the only thing worse than being single is being married to the wrong person. And a spiritual covering can speak into that, can help you in that area. Submission, right? Submission, it, it, someone who, who submits is a receiver. Submission is a receiver. Pride is a taker. I'm going to take, 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 trying to pull. But when you submit, you allow, your heart is open to receive. Submission allows you to receive. I want to be in a position to receive. Godly counsel, godly direction. Amen. Submission is a receiver. Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. And grace is, is, is God's strength, God's ability. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like the anointing. It lubricates, it helps, it lifts, it strengthens, it fortifies God's unmerited favor, undeserved favor. You need God's grace. You need God's grace. Amazing grace. Man, I'm telling you, you do not want to live without God's grace. And the way you unlock God's grace is humility. The way you stop it is pride. Pride actually causes God to oppose you. God hates pride. He hates pride. Why? Lucifer, the original sin is pride. Lucifer, said, I will exalt myself. Come on, I'm going to take the place of God. Like he wanted to rise above his spiritual authority. That is pride. That's what caused him to be cast down. Pride. God hates pride. And it causes God to actively resist and oppose. And so I want to stay away from anything that resembles that. Uh, it's a nasty feeling uh, when every time that starts to rise up, I ch- oh, nah, I don't like that. I, ch- I will shut that down like that. That requires immediate attention. If I start to see any little sprout immediate attention, I need to work on that. I need to cut that down. I need to uproot it. Come on. In the name of Jesus, let every bit of pride be uprooted out of your life right now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of pride, the bondage of pride, we command it to go. We break it right now in the name of Jesus. We clothe ourselves in humility. We clothe ourselves in submission and humility to follow the master, to follow the master, to be, to be transformed into everything that you have for us. We submit in Jesus' name. He humbled himself. Let me just give you a couple characteristics of being proud and then we'll wrap it up. Proudful people love to talk about what they know, who they know, and why you should know what they know. <laughs> They like to talk. At the same time, prideful people don't listen well. I'm going to tell you this listen to understand, not to respond. Listen, listen. Listen, come on, to understand, not to respond. Most people, you're talking to them, they're loading their gun, waiting to see what, any moment to jump in and say what they say, what they want to say. Especially when you're with. You should do this all the time, but especially when you're with authority. Well, come on, you're with your pastor, you're with somebody, your boss, you're with somebody. They know more than you. Just listen. I never go to Pastor Mark and talk about what I'm doing, what I'm about. I shut my mouth. What's he care? He knows way more than I do. I need to hear what he has to say. I've seen people sit down with Pastor Rodney and Pastor Mark, and all they do is talk. I'm like, shut up. I forgot where we were. I'm like, this dude does not shut up. I want to hear what Pastor Mark has to say, not what this guy has to say. Just started in the ministry three weeks ago. I want to be talking. I want to hear what the man of God who's been in the ministry for years has to say. And there's been times we'll sit in there and we, nobody be saying nothing. Pastor Mark just be talking. Next thing you know, he'll slip up over into the anointing, and that's where the good stuff happens. But if somebody's talking, we never get there. And we'll be sitting there like, oh, my God, this is so good. When we're in Pastor Rodney's office, too, he, we, people just let him talk. We were with ministers, mature ministers. And Pastor Rodney started talking, pulls out his Bible, starts teaching on the anointing. That's precious stuff. But that you'll never get there if you, all you do is talk. All you do is run your mouth. Zip it. Zip it. <laughs> zip it. Listen to understand not to respond. When somebody's talking, don't jump in with what you say, what you think. That shows disrespect. Because you, they, they, they go, they're not even listening to me. They What the heck? I was just talking. You cut me off halfway and go off into what you want to say. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. I'm telling you, this will pay off. This will pay dividends in your life. People want to be around people who listen. Especially, man, when you're with authority. Especially when you're with with people who know more than you do. Don't take someone out to pick their brain and do all the talking. Oh, I I did this. I did that. I heard Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan was talking about how somebody came to visit his ministry. and, and, And the guy, you know. That's a fraction of what Jonathan has been doing. And all he did was want to talk about his, his crusades and his meetings. And Jonathan's like, well, why did you come here for then? <laughs> you know, you, you're, just not, you're just talking about yourself. Like, man, that guy wants no advice, no help. Like, when people want to help you, let them help you. Zip it. You'll cut off the grace. You'll cut off favor. You'll cut off favor that way. Too many people cutting legs right out from underneath them. God has favor on your life, but you can stop that favor. By yapping, 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 yapping. Getting in the way of God's favor for your life. I'm telling you, this will help you. This will help you. All right. Prideful people, well, we just talked about this, but prideful people don't like to be corrected. A proud person does not respond well to criticism, even constructive criticism. Criticism applies. There's something wrong with you, and a proud person does not want to admit it. He would have to swallow his pride and admit it. Proverbs says, he who hates reproof is stupid. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. He has to call me stupid. (laughs) (laughs) He who hates reproof will die. That's what Proverbs 15.10 says. Do you get defensive and mad whenever you're corrected? Or do you you take it personally? Do you always take it personally? Number three, you never admit when you're wrong. Or you have a hard time admitting when you're wrong. You have a hard time apologizing. You have a hard time saying, I'm sorry, even after you made a mistake or hurt someone by your behavior. Pride keeps people from apologizing for their actions. Do you always think you're right? Do you ever apologize for things? Don't ever be too proud to say you're wrong. Even if you've made up a decision and realize halfway through it you've made the wrong decision. Humility will make a U-turn. Pride will keep going. <laughs> you know, people are just stuck in their ways. We moved here but realized we shouldn't be here but we're just going to stick it out. Get your butt back to where you belong. Make the U-turn. Well, what are they going to say? They're going to think I'm crazy. I'm over. Who cares? Get back under the will of God. Get back to where you belong. Humility will make a U-turn when they realize they're wrong, when they made a wrong step. I'll say this. The only way that does not apply is if you get married. When you get married and God blesses that covenant, you ask him to bless that, there's no, I think I married the wrong person. No, you're in covenant. You've married that person and you're going to have to work it out. (laughs) Come on, amen. No, I married the wrong person. No, you're in covenant. Come on. That's the only place that that don't work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, too many people stay in their mistakes. If, 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 if you continue to, to make mistakes and not make U-turns, you'll continue to deliver regrets. That's how regrets, you, you'll live with so many regrets, one after another, because you can't make a U-turn. Your pride won't let you turn around. Don't look at your husband or wife right now. Somebody just went, you see that? <laughs> Proverbs 11:12 12 says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18 through 19, pride goes before destruction. Listen to that. Pride goes before destruction and a mighty spirit before a fall. Pride goeth before destruction, but uh, pride goes before destruction and arrogant spirit before a fall. So there's an easy way to know when a man is about to be destroyed. It's when pride is noticed. There's an easy way to notice when a man is about to crash, when pride is noticed. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. But he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. Man, that's what we should be striving for. Humble spirit. God said we will obtain honor. Praise God. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you. To receive jesus as lord and savior this is your opportunity to be 100 percent sure that heaven will be your eternal home it's very simple the bible says in romans 10 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so if you mean business with god he means business with you I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong local church. You live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania? We invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.